After winning six games in a row, the Detroit Tigers have now turned around and lost four games in a row. Uh, highlighted yesterday by dropping two in a doubleheader to Kansas City. The last four games uh, during this losing streak have been really brutal, to say the least. And uh, we're going to talk about the current state of the team, those two games, and some roster moves that, that were made all today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers. Your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Tuesday. July 12th, 2022. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, the Detroit Tigers dropped both games in a day-night doubleheader on Monday, losing to the Kansas City Royals by a score of 3-1 to one in Game 1 and 7-3 to three in Game 2. Um, really brutal day of baseball that like putting it lightly that was rough <laughs> putting it lightly that that was that was really brutal um three to one seven to three the offensive problems continue to remain this team continues to be on a historically bad offensive pace and we are over halfway through the season. Not sure if you were aware of that, but we have crossed the halfway mark. We have played more than 81 games this season. Uh, the All-Star break is exactly a week away. As you are listening to this, the Tigers representatives are Gregory Soto, which we talked about in yesterday's show. If you're interested in the, the breakdown there, I think it should have been Alex Lang. Uh, for what it's worth, but the timing was kind of objectively hilarious about him getting named right after Sunday's game. And then they also have a legend spot for Miguel Cabrera, kind of a cool nod. It's weird to me. I don't think I got this off my chest on Sunday's show, uh, and we will get into the games and everything, but um, I, I, it's weird to me that Miggy is getting kind of like the farewell tour treatment. Like he, Miguel Cabrera is playing next year. Miguel Cabrera will be on the Detroit Tigers in 2023. Um, and we're giving him like the legend thing and, uh, and, and, you know, kind of like a, a farewell-ish type of type of tour. Like, well, we're going to have those signs in Comerica for what will end up being three seasons. Like, that's a little weird. That seems a little excessive. I don't know. It's all weird to me. But whatever. He'll be in the All-Star game. Not going to complain about that. That'll be a cool thing. His 12th appearance. I think Willie Horton is going to be a uh, an honorary coach as well for for the game or one of the events or something. So a lot, lot of lot of Tigers showing out in a season that is uh, is terrible. I keep messing. There's like this piece of my hair that's like sticking out. My hair's starting to wing. I need a I need a haircut pretty badly. Um, okay, let's just we, we we need to stop beating around the bush here. Let's just talk about these games. They were really rough. They were not fun. They were not enjoyable. Game one, three to one loss. Uh, the Detroit Tigers had four hits, four hits, and one walk by Javi Baez of all people. Yeah, 
you had five base runners. You're not going to believe this. Zero extra base hits within those five base runners. The five base runners were a single by Harold Castro, a single by Willie Castro, um, and what, two singles by Riley Green? Yeah. There you go. That's your entire offense. Oh, and then the walk by Javi. Two singles by Riley Green, the walk by Javi, single by Harold, single by Willie. The fact that we even scored a run is honestly, like, impressive is obviously not the right word, but it's uh, it, it's surprising. That's the word. The fact that we even scored a run is genuinely somewhat shocking to me. Riley Green continues to look really solid at the plate. They weren't going to start him, I guess, in both games. Um Torkelson got the nod in both. A couple of other plays got the nod in both. Riley Green, not one of those players. Uh, I, I guess he might have been available off the bench to pinch hit if there was a pinch hit opportunity late in game two, but there wasn't because it was a really brutal loss, as was game one. Not a lot of good baseball played in this one. Not a lot of great, great baseball. Some really brutal at-bats. I almost lost my mind. I really did. I almost completely freaked out on everybody when they would not stop talking about the weather on the broadcast. Shut up. No one cares. No one cares that it's hot. I'm sorry. Nobody cares. We had to hear for a month and a half about how the Tigers' offense was was off to a slow start and everything because it was cold outside. I myself fueled into that. I was like, hey, it, it, it's Detroit in April. The ball is dead. Don't expect too much offense. I, I put on a clown mask and played into that. Now we have to do the other end. Oh, it's, it, it's the, the field temperature is 100 on the ground. At some point, we're gonna have to learn how to how to score runs in not like seventy seven and partly cloudy outside. At some at some point, we're we're gonna have to. You, the New York Yankees play in New York City. They're not affected by by the cold at the beginning of, of the year, and if they are, they snap out of it pretty darn quickly. Right when the weather starts to break, they go on a run. They don't lose games when they go to Arizona. We didn't lose games when we went to Arizona. Who cares that it's 100 degrees? Nobody. They would not stop bringing it up. It was the most obnoxious thing on the planet. No one cares. Nobody cares. Golly. I, I, that was the most frustrating part of the day. That's not even true. That That's a straight up lie. It was one of the most frustrating parts of the day. No one cares that it's hot. We're like, oh yeah, it's, it's, it's a little hot. Don't expect too much offense. Grow up. Golly. And then we asked all the players about it in the locker room too. We were like, oh, hot. How, how'd you deal with the heat in this one? Oh, I, it's a hot one. Oh, well, you know, you can't expect anybody to, to score five runs when it's 100 degrees outside. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. It's a summer sport that's been played outdoors for 150 years. 
This is not the first time it's been hot. Grow up. Golly. I've lost it. I've completely lost it. This is what an unbelievably frustrating season. What an unbelievably frustrating team. What an unbelievably frustrating booth. What a what a unbelievable season. I, I've completely lost it. No one cares that it's hot. That's not an excuse. No one is sitting at home going, oh, well, you know, they're 14 games under 500. The first month, it, it was 40 outside. And now the last week, it's been 100. No wonder they're 14 games under. I'm okay with losing to the Kansas City last place freaking Royals because it's hot outside of course I am no one cares that it's hot and that's not an excuse it's not that that is that is a zero percent excuse for me at at zero point was I ever or, or, or will I continue to be for the rest of this show or anything apologetic because it was hot outside This, (laughs) oh my goodness, it drove me nuts. As you can tell, I just spent five minutes talking about the weather. Now I'm playing into it, whatever, but golly, it it pissed me off so much. I, it straight, it really did drive me mad. So the offense was absolutely non-existent in game one. Uh, yeah, I, Torkelson continued his ground ball to the left side, pop out to the right side in game one. In game two, we actually hit the ball really far. There were just a lot of flyouts. And somebody tweeted, somebody important, McCoskey, maybe. I don't remember. Uh, I think it was McCoskey. Tweeted out that he had like 1,100 feet in flyouts in game two, or, or maybe it was on the day. I don't even remember. He, he His numbers weren't great, and uh, he had a, a really bad strikeout his patience is still good. It's just barrel control when, when it's, when it's good, it looks beautiful, but it just doesn't look good very often. He's still got a lot of adjustments to make. And um, that goes with like 80% of the team. Like there, there's nothing new for me to, to, to report on the offense, I guess is my point. Tucker Barnhart continues to be one of the worst hitters in, in, straight up in major league baseball. Uh, Spencer Dorkelson, same thing. Uh, Cody Clemens went over. He, he's got an OPS that that's around those two guys as well. Much shorter sample size, obviously, but the, the production remains. Um, Jamer Candelario continues to be absolutely brutal at the plate. He had the one home run in the Chicago series, uh, that kind of, kind of made us feel things. And, and it was, it, it was a very clutch homer and it won us a game and it was all awesome. Um, but, I mean, since then, right back to, to, to being pretty uh, unproductive and pretty non-existent at the plate. We're in year six of this rebuild, and Harold Castro was our three-hitter. I love Harold. I think he's a very productive utility player that that can play, honestly, like 120 games a year and just give, like, anybody a day off because he can play any position. He'll give you some productive at-bats every day. I, I, I like him as, like, a like a 7, 8, 9 hitter utility player. 
You are kidding yourself if you think Harold Castro is a three-hitter on any team that has serious aspirations of being competitive. He even had a hit. <laughs> Don't care. I'm just I'm I'm so tired of watching this every single day. And you know what? That's what I signed up for. That's my job. I I, I get paid to do it. But but golly, what what a frustrating product to watch 162 times in a summer. We'll talk about the pitching, and of course, we'll talk about game two. First, though, I got to tell you all about Bet Online. Sorry, not Bet Online. I totally just lied to you. I have to tell you about Built Bar from the people who invented healthy and tasty. Comes the latest gift. To your taste buds, you've probably tried the amazing Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar, but guess what? Your friends at Built have given Coconut Brownie Chunk the Puffs treatment. I've been talking to you guys about the Puffs for a while with, with Built Bar. They have the actual bars. They have their protein bars. Then they have Puff Bars, and they're like marshmallowy heaven in, in a bar shape, and they are the greatest thing on the planet, and they have turned the Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar into a Puff. Uh, so 100% real chocolate, chewy marshmallow, fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. That's how it's described. Uh, they're good for you too. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, all delicious. They're also only here for a limited time. So go to built.com right now to make sure you don't miss out. They're going fast because they taste amazing. They're all made with protein as well, which your body absorbs efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. So eat something that tastes good and is good for you. And that's the best part of Built Bar Puffs is they taste amazing and you can enjoy them completely guilt-free. They're actually good for you. They're the perfect treat when you've got a craving, you need to satisfy a sweet tooth, you need a healthy snack. They, they really are just uh, all around fantastic. So go to built.com right now. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off. Of your order. It's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, everybody. Welcome back here to segment two of Locked On Tigers. Uh, in game one, Michael Pineda was on the bump. Uh, a very Michael Pineda-esque game. And um, he would give up only two earned runs. Look, uh well, we, we have to talk about the Javi Baez thing. Um, I, the, the messing with the crowd and, and, you know, like dealing with hecklers and stuff. I, I love that kind of stuff. I think it's good for the game. Some people don't, whatever that that's a pretty subjective thing. That's not, that was a conversation on Twitter that I, I don't really, um, I, that, like that's subjective to me. Like we, everybody's just going to argue until they're blue in the face. There's no point in really bringing it up. That's who Javi Baez is. We knew that when we got him. This isn't a new development. He's going to continue to do it whether you like it or not. So you're going to have to deal with it. Um, the throwing errors, though, that sucks. And that's been a problem all year. And for as much heat as Spencer Torkelson has gotten all season, that is something that he has been good at. He, he has been you, – you can knock – you know, if you, you want to knock some – some defensive metrics and and whether it's range or, or how he handles ground balls or whatever. The one thing he has been pretty objectively good at is scooping the ball on some pretty bad throws. And he has saved Javi's behind quite a lot of times, more times than I think a lot of people realize. 
and today he didn't and he, he still had an opportunity to he almost did um but but he didn't and, and javi made an absolutely horrible throw and he has made horrible throws for a, a while now and he, he has incredible range he's incredibly athletic uh, he, he can make very difficult throws at, at the same time, but that is part of the Javi Baez experience that has pretty much always been there is he also has um, a, a decorated, we'll call it history of a lot of throwing errors. And that has not been very different, even though the, the throwing error number might not seem astronomically high. Um Torkelson has bailed him out at first base quite a numerous amount of times and he didn't today and it didn't matter. Let's be honest. It didn't matter. This offense scored one run. They were, they weren't, they weren't winning this game. It didn't matter if, if, if Torque made a fantastic scoop and, or whatever, he went on the other side of the bag and he ended up picking it. That's all fine and dandy. Even if he would have gotten it beauty, we're all like, Oh, that's, that's a great play by Torque. Wow. We really saved Javi on that one. Okay, well, we're, we would have lost the next inning or the next inning or the next inning based on uh, the, the fact that this offense can't score. So it, it's beyond frustrating. Everything with this team is beyond frustrating. And Javi Baez at, at the plate for most of the season and Javi Baez throwing the baseball to first base is no exception. What an unbelievably frustrating season. Ugh, I've said that 90 times. I'm so sorry. I, I don't mean to be a broken record. I just, I, yeah, golly. But Michael Pineda put a, put a, uh, it was a good performance and the advanced metrics won't like the performance. Uh, CSW percentage of 18%. That's astronomically low. Five whiffs in five and a third innings. Also pretty low, but average exit velocity of 88.8. .8, uh, that's not, unbelievably low but it's not um it, it, anything under 90 is is you can make a decent start out of that seven hits two earned runs no walks and two strikeouts that is what michael pineda is we talk about it all the time he's going to pound the strike zone he is not going to beat himself he is going to make you beat him and against a team as poor as the kansas city royals he's probably going to have the advantage more times than not because he's going to force you to beat them and uh bad teams usually can't do that so good performance by michael pineda I, I i was impressed i was happy with it missed a lot of barrels good pitch sequencing used geez i just kicked my camera i'm so sorry uh used the uh the four seam fastball a lot um because he knew he could because this lineup isn't very good the offense didn't show up that's really all there is to it Andrew Chafin came out, uh, loaded the bases. Then, well, he didn't load the bases. He inherited some runners and then walked the bases loaded, but didn't allow any runs home uh, to, to, to his credit and um, kind of tight roped his way out of uh, out of danger there. Uh, and then Will Vest came in, gave up two hits, but did not end up giving up any runs either. Will Vest, that's a conversation for, for a, a day where we don't have to recap two games in one episode. But uh, Will Vest has, has been kind of struggling the last couple of weeks, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do with him during the All-Star break. He's already been optioned once. Uh, if, if it wasn't for a Willie Peralta injury, he'd be in AAA right now, and there's a reason for that. 
Okay, we'll get into uh, kind of the ins and outs of game two, which did not go any better than game one. Uh, really sloppy play, really. Yeah, we'll get into it. After I tell you all about Rock Auto, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders parts on their computer, choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers, you have access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? It just does not make sense. Rock Auto is a family business. They're serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even a new carpet. So go explore their easy-to-use website today uh, to see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, everybody, welcome back to another, almost another edition, final segment here at Locked on Tigers, third and final segment. Um, okay, so game two, we dropped this one three to seven. Um, the offense was remarkably ineffective. And so the, <laughs> we had three doubles in this one and we scored three runs. We also had 11 hits and one walk. So we had 12 base runners and were able to score just three runs. That's not good. The average with runners in scoring position, not even the average, just the, the runners in scoring position numbers. How many hits did we get with runners in scoring position? In game one, we went one for 10. And in game two, I believe we went two for 13. So there you go. And yes, one for 10. Um, you can have obviously multiple at-bats in the same inning with runners in scoring position. So I know even though we didn't even get 10 base runners in the game, we had 10 at-bats running in scoring position. I hope that's clear. Um, so, yeah. Great, great. On, on, a, on the whole day, you went three for 23 with runners in scoring position. Is that math? Around there. Remarkable. Truly remarkable stuff. Um, you know, David Dahl got cut by the Milwaukee Brewers today. No, I'm just playing. Um, he's having a good year at AAA. Shout out the dog. Forever the dog. Um, no, that, that that's a joke. Please don't make fun of me and, and say mean things to me. Uh, but if we did it, but no, we're actually pretty deep at outfield too, down in the minors. But we did trade Trace Thompson. No, I'm just playing. Am I? You be the judge. This game was a disaster. Uh, as we already talked about, the offense was not very effective. Robbie Grossman, three for five. And like this is this is the definition of just like a frustrating game. We had 11 hits. We had 12 base runners. 12 base runners. No homers because we 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 never hit homers. We're allergic to those. We're on a historically bad pace for, for home runs as a team. Um, and, yeah, the, the the doubles that we hit were, were effective. The problem is 
again, n- zero what clutch factor. I know that it's a big debate on oh, is is is, is can you measure clutch? Is 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 clutch a thing? I'll be darned, man. Three for 23 on the day with runners in scoring position across two games. You find me a team that's going to win too many games. That And like that, that was my point all along during the winning streak is none of this changed. We didn't start wake up. We didn't wake up and, and, and just start hitting a bunch of extra base hits and, and going seven for seven with runners in scoring position. All the problems during the winning streak persisted. It was just like, okay, like we're just on the winning side for some reason. And that's why I was so cautiously optimistic. I wasn't even really that optimistic, but I, I was cautiously approaching the topic. I was like, eh. like, yay, I, I love winning. I'm never going to be upset at a win. Makes me happier. My, my, my legitimately, my mood is better when this team is good. I talk about it in therapy every week. It's probably not healthy, but it, it, it's, I'm in too deep at this point. But but those problems still persisted. They didn't go anywhere. And now we're here. We, we're, we're turned around. We won six straight. Now we've lost four straight. We cannot beat the Kansas City freaking Royals. We can't. Ever. It's always been a thing my entire life. Clutch losses down the stretch to the Royals. No matter how good we are, how bad they are, doesn't matter. It's always the Royals. The 2015 Royals are one of my least favorite teams ever. Oh, I'll see this Escobar. Oh, shout out Omar Infante though. That's the dog. So like, uh, yeah, you hit a bunch of singles. And then when those players got into scoring position, you, you stopped hitting at all, period whatsoever so there you go same old same old same old stuff different day as as, as a famous movie once said not quite willie castro uh with a couple of knocks in this one might mm, i i don't think that that one performance changed the the outcome i think it was always going to be cody cody um, Cody Clemens was option to AAA for Akil Badu, who is back. We'll talk about that. Uh, I do want to talk about Fayetto really quickly. We'll wrap up this uh, this just brutal doubleheader. And, and like the thing was, it was just so many, so much ugly baseball, like just fundamentally terrible baseball in both games. We talked about the Javier. We had a passed ball with a runner on third when the game was still somewhat in reach there in the late part of game two. Uh, and, like, for as much as I love Alex Lang, and I think he should have been the all-star, that that was, uh, like, you're gripping it and ripping it a little too tight, brother. And, and just, like, uncompetitive block attempt by Haas behind the plate. Like, just, like, like brutal stuff. And then, like, pop-ups to, to, to right field, and, like, nobody can get there. It's It's just terrible throws all day. Terrible routes in the outfield all day. I mean, golly. Just such, such, I mean, like, bad baseball. Bad baseball. Relatively speaking, obviously, they're professionals, they're major leaguers, but but relatively speaking, bad baseball, man. 
Golly. Alex Fiedo goes one and two-thirds, four hits, four runs, four walks, and two strikeouts. Um, clearly, not a very good performance by Fiedo. Uh, that's several outings in a row where, I mean, t- tonight was was a new level. I, I mean, that is, that is, is and I, I still, like, I, I like Fiedo. I still like the ceiling. I still think there's something there. Um, but Monday night was genuinely some of the most lost, I guess you would say I I've seen a major league pitcher. Look, I mean, that was that like, there was no semblance of command. It was out the window. He could not hit any spot. And even the spots he was hitting, he was like trying to nibble too much and it it, it just wasn't there. And that's why you had 60 pitches in an inning and two thirds and you got pulled for whatever it's worth. Tyler Alexander, uh, three and a third, five hits, one run, no walks, no K's. Um, not a lot of swing and miss stuff from Alexander in this one. He doesn't have crazy swing and miss stuff out of one record breaking day a couple of years ago. Um, but, uh, I, I thought his performance was pretty good. I, I just really like his pitch mix. He loves to mix it up and throw five different pitches all the same amount. And I, uh, and I love that, especially out of a reliever that you haven't seen all day. So I, I was pretty pleased with Alexander's performance. Jason Foley, uh, six pitch inning, very efficient. Again, the sinker wildly effective, put in play twice, uh, got two outs. Beautiful. Bada bing, bada boom. Uh, I, I really like Jason Foley and, um, and he's he's far from perfect. He's still got a lot of work to do, but a sub three five ERA, and uh, and and I really like the Foley sinker. I, I really do. Joe Jimenez now has a sub three ERA and another dominant performance. And this is where we st- we get to the point in the year where we start talking about Joe Jimenez may just be one of the hottest names on the trade market. Um, this is a guy that's still in his twenties. That has been dominant for the last, honestly, month. His last 10 performances, he's been basically, performances, appearances. He's been essentially one of the best relievers in all of baseball. For the last month, he's been dominant. Um, Blew up a little bit in in the early part of the season, but has worked his way back to a sub-3 ERA. He's been a strikeout machine. He's been wildly efficient. His velocity goes up every single, um, pretty much every single outing. Uh, I mean, he's been nothing short of incredible. And with a guy that's still in his 20s and still has a year of control left, um, I I think that that's a legitimate conversation that we will be having over the All-Star break. We'll kind of talk about possible – we'll talk about what we're going to do at the deadline as we get closer to the deadline and when we have a few days off during the All-Star break for sure. But uh, Joe Jimenez's name, if – you are wondering about whose name you're going to see in the rumor mill for the Tigers. Circle Joe Jimenez. He's going to be one of uh, one one of those guys for sure. That that's probably going to be pretty prevalent in in the rumor mill. Then Alex Lang pitched. Um, did not have the command in this one, and uh, the pass ball led to runs and and you know ball put in play and uh, bloopers and and everything. I, I don't think he was unaffected. I. Hmm. I don't think it's it's the worst outing we've ever seen out of him. I, I didn't think it was terrible when he was hitting his spots. They, they were in good locations. It's just after the pass ball, it, it just was kind of over. And it was just like, what are we going to do now? Through the curveball more than any other pitch, that's something I guess like that's kind of noteworthy, but that's about it. Okay, I'm done talking about these games. 
fundamentally terrible. Um, really brutal baseball. Really discouraging. What are we, 15 games under 500 now? I believe. 15. Yeah. 36 and 51. You're 11 and a half out of the AL Central. And you have the third worst record in the American League. Uh, one, two, three, four, fifth worst record in all of baseball. Somehow still single digits back out of the wild card. That that's remarkable, but whatever. And you went on a six game winning streak and you're five and five in your last 10. <laughs> that's just impressive. Like that's just straight up impressive to be able to pull that one off. Man, I really do need a haircut. This is crazy. Um, so yeah, there you go. That's actually wrong, right? We we went on a six-game winning streak and then lost. This has to be. I'm looking at the standings and I'm like, wait a minute, six plus four is literally ten, isn't it? Okay, so you're six and four in your last ten. I don't know why this says five and five. Ignore it. It might maybe it's a sign of things to come. Maybe it knows that we're gonna lose tomorrow. And then it would be five and five in your last 10. Yeah. Yeah. Six plus four. I am very frustrated and very tired. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. And I'll make your second listen Locked On MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia. He's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Um, before I send you on your way, Austin Meadows, as everybody knows by now, uh, is now getting pulled from his rehab starts in or his rehab assignment rather in Toledo and will be back to he probably won't play till the all-star break at this point which is a week from today not an unbelievable amount of time but it's now apparently still feeling a lot of soreness in his Achilles uh, that was stemmed from like some bad shoes he wore or something I don't know I that dude is is uh I don't know, cursed, I guess. Um, Isak Paredes is slumping, so I guess you have that going for you. Um, what else? Uh, Akil Badu recalled, has an OPS over 900 in AAA. So uh, that's really cool. His OPS in the minors this season against left-handed pitching is like over 800. So, like, he, he's been really seeing the ball well, even against lefties. That was the big knock against him last year. And then, obviously, he was just pretty brutal from both sides of the play at the beginning of this season. So, Akil Badu is back. Um, so, that'll be something, hopefully, fun to kind of inject in this offense. It's at the expense of Cody Clemens, like we talked about earlier. Cody was mostly playing corner outfield and with, um, with Harold kind of able to end up currently – a healthy infield um, that there's not too much need for, for, uh, for Cody for infield depth wise. So um, Willie remains Cody gets the ax back down to Toledo and Akil Badu back in the majors. Um, Alex Fido sent back down after the game. Cause he was only the 27th man. Uh, I don't know his future. I, I don't know youngster rookie coming off of Tommy John. I can't imagine that he's going to get pushed too terribly much more. Um, 
but we do have another double header literally right after the all-star break. So he, he might just be the, the pitching in that one as well. It's after that one where it gets kind of interesting and in what they're going to do with him. Uh, if they even select him to be the guy in that one, who even knows at this point. Um, yeah, I, I don't expect too many more roster moves over the next week. I expect it to kind of just be what it is. And then I think over the all-star break is when you're going to see, um, possibly a slew of moves and, uh, a lot of, um, you know, you're just not cutting it anymore and, and maybe giving some more kids a chance, but, um, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. I think that's it. I think that's actually for real now this time, everything I want to cover. I went way over time again. I'm so sorry. Uh, multiple games, long shows tomorrow. We only have one show to cover. Hopefully I can get it in, in 30 minutes or less. Um, I do think that's it though. Yeah. All right. Dalton Detroit question mark. No, I am for real kidding. Don't, don't, don't drag me. Peace and love. Going to therapy is dope. And I will catch you all tomorrow. Am I kidding? Go Tigers, baby.